Very good morning to all the brothers and sisters and happy fraternal greetings. Free will is the underlying principle for all that we do and compulsion should never prevail. That's why I let the child from the grip of the mother to go and sleep. The child wants to sleep. The mother wants that the child is around him, around her. As much as, much as we grip, we are gripped. That's why in the whole game that we play, we should let the free will play. And free will does not mean responsibility. Free will comes along with responsibility. We have to have the free will as one wing and responsibility as the other wing. With the two wings really enforced, we can fly. Half late. We are, we as group are intending more and more into contemplation, meditation, for alignment with the divinity within us and around us. That is the final step from which every other step is fulfilled. The technique of relating to the Divine within us and around us is the master key for enlightenment and also for fulfillment of our work in the objectivity and the work in the subjectivity. The wisdom always says, among all things, the foremost practice is tapas. Tapas. In Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna in the 18th chapter speaks of tapas, meaning alignment with the omnipresent one. Alignment with the omnipresent one. In Ramayana, the very first sloka speaks of the word tapas. Tapasvadhyaya niradam, tapasvi bhagvizamvaram, like that it starts. Tapas. Tapas fulfills 
every dimension relating to the human and that purpose is what we call today as aspiration to relate with the divine aspiration to relate with the divine to fall in alignment with him thereby fall into an order to experience all that which is built by the divine the whole creation is built from one source as to such an intricate creation with so many constellations sun signs planets and so many so many varieties of beings it's too complicated and too complex to understand this creation the only one way is to go to the root of the whole thing relate to that root from that root everything else can be experienced it is the root that generates into the tree the tree generates into branches of into varieties of branches and then each branch grows up to so many stems and stacks and each stack has so many leaves and flowers and fruits so to understand each of these these leaves each of these flowers and fruits the stems and stacks the branches it's difficult because it is too huge a tree too huge a tree it's not so very easy to to swim in the ocean of wisdom it's not so very easy to swim the river of life <clears throat> only because it is found not so very easy we are trying to find some keys to live it well to live well here to live well here after here and here after it's not that we are doing we try to do certain practices to experience some joy in the distant future it has to be experienced here and now and that joy of experience should continuous be with us even here after here and here after to be and to be joyful to be blissful to be playful is what is what is called the mastery over life the mastery of our life comes when we relate to the master who created the whole creation and the master who created each one of us there is one from whom all have all has emerged and to that one if we relate and establish establish a firm 
కమ్యూనికేటింగ్ లైన్ ఇఫ్ వీ హ్యావ్ ఎ ఫర్మ్ కమ్యూనికేటింగ్ లైన్ విత్ ది వన్ హూ ఈస్ ది బేసిస్ ఆఫ్ ఆల్ as much as this alignment is established so much you receive from within as revelations every branch of science every branch of science of wisdom without such an alignment learning to know is like trying to see in a huge forest searching for something something with the help of a very small candle imagine you are in a, the worst of the forest which is the worst of the forest is said to be amazon it is so intricate if you enter the forest with the help of a, a dim light you cannot experience you cannot understand the whole forest so is the wisdom which cannot be understood a number of times we dwell there are thousands and thousands and thousands of concepts and uh, every concept is very enchanting it engages us but then after what happens for it, for it to stay with us we have to stay with the one from whom the sciences have emerged as when the seventh chapter of bhagavad gita lord krishna says be with me be with me every science reveals itself to you gradually if you want to if you want to have the knowledge of the sciences even the that want that want to have the knowledge of sciences is already seen as rajas or a hyperactivity you can be with me why should you think of knowing the various branches of sciences if you are with me every branch of science will unfold to you according to your purpose instead of you are trying to know one science after the other you just be with me i let you know i let you know what is to be revealed through you what is to be known for you at no time you are disconnected with me so you are ever joyful and blissful the the cough and the cold sounds they are indicative of the impact of the cold on us and we try to we try to hold them and we request the master to adjust them in earlier times when there was too much cough and cold when we were doing group lives when the people were coughing during the prayer we used to say masters own adjustments masters health adjustments <laughs> so that there would be no further cough in the prayer time so let the master adjust all our cold cough fever pain etc for everything it's master that is one simple way of walking the path of truth the 
The other name for truth is master. Truth is no different from master, master is no different from truth. The one truth from which everything has emerged and has manifested. To relate to the truth is prayer. Prayer is a, is a means, that it leads you to alignment. Prayer culminates into meditation. Prayer culminates into meditation. What is meditation? The individual being falling in alignment with the divine being within oneself. Within oneself. That is called alignment. Anusandhana. In Sanskrit it is called Anusandhana. Divyanusandhana. The divinity is in each one of us. It is, it is because of His being in us we are there. The divinity is in each one of us. It is an account of His being in us we are there, otherwise we are not there. It is the divinity within us that supports all our system. It's not we. It's not we that we that support our system. We can at best disturb the system. On account of ignorance, we can cause disturbance to our system. He is the one who supports it. He is the one who built it. The divine in us builds the system in us. And with an account of our ignorance, we do not know how to relate to it and disturb it. That's why we have so many problems. Problems which are physical, emotional, mental, and even buddhik. Even buddhik. They have problem of wisdom, you know. Shall a problem. People are stuck with innumerable concepts of wisdom. And they feel they are very special. The moment they feel they are very special, they are a problem to themselves and to the others. Isn't it? So, we, on account of our ignorance, can only create problems while the one who presides over us and over our system. We say it is our system, but the truth is it is his system. It is He who built this human form, isn't it? We haven't consciously built. We haven't grown the sixteen teeth in the upper jaw and sixteen teeth in the lower jaw. We did not. Did we? We may lose them at this time. We cannot grow them. They naturally grow, isn't it? Is it? There is a, a, the number consciousness and shape consciousness which builds the human and the two consciousness are but coming from the one consciousness whom we call the master. <clears throat> so he can give us, the, he gave us two hands, each hand five fingers. Once in a way six fingers also, once in a way. 
and two legs and each foot, five fingers. And then there is upper torso, lower torso, there is a head. Each one of us have a head with two ears, two eyes, two nostrils of a nose and a mouth. There are seven orifices in the mouth itself. Seven orifices, which are the seven cosmic intelligences. They represent the cosmic intelligences. These are all given to us. We may lose to hear. There is loss of hearing, isn't it, with us? We haven't given, we haven't given birth to that sense of hearing, sense of seeing, sense of taste, sense of touch, sense of smell. Mostly we lose the sense of smell as we move forward in life. You know, it's a process of withdrawal, it happens. And then sense of touch is also slowly lost. Right from the foot, you, you start losing the sense of touch. So what is given when well-maintained, it is retained. What is given when not well-maintained, it is withdrawn. Be it with the limbs of the body, five limbs of the body, be it with the five senses, be it with the mind, be it with the pulsating principle, be it with the brain and the related and the consciousness. So who is in charge of all that is with us? There is the master that presides over us and also the system which is with us, not our, which is not ours. To say this, the scripture says, the body is not yours, it is, it belongs to the divine. It is entrusted to you. The body is not yours. You are a trustee. It is entrusted to you and you have to take good care of it. If someone entrusts something to you and he says, I will return after ten, twelve years, you kindly hold it till I come. Slowly, to keep the thing that is entrusted, we also use it. Because unless we use it, it will not stay in good condition. By using it, we get the idea that it is ours. <coughs> we get the idea that it is ours. And we feel that it is ours. And when the person comes back to seek it, we have a problem. Isn't it? We cannot give it back to him because we are used to it. We are used to it and we start owning it up. And thereby, when it is to be returned, there is, a, there is resistance, there is grip with us. All is given. All is given including the intelligence. It's not our intelligence. That's why it is called gratefulness. To be grateful for all that is given. Some are given billions, some are not given so much billions. Isn't it? If someone feels, I am brilliant, he is ignorant. 
If someone feels, I am brilliant, he is ignorant. Brilliance is given, be grateful. Be grateful. Someone may feel, I am very handsome, if he is a male. Or a female may feel, I am very beautiful. Beauty is not yours. Handsomeness is not yours. Don't be grateful if you are, if handsome is, handsomeness is given. To the same parents there are different, there are children with different degrees of handsomeness, isn't it? To the same children, same parents. So be grateful for what is given. Be grateful if you are given good eyes, good teeth, good nose, good eyes, good ears, and good behavior about all. <laughs> To be grateful is a quality which a Capricorn gives as a message. December, the month of December, it is the, the fundamental message of Capricorn, the tenth month is, be grateful, be humble, be grateful and be humble. And try to be humbler when you are regularly praised by people. Don't look for praise, firstly. And by chance if one some, someone praises, be grateful to the Divinity. Why this quality is attributed to Capricorn? It is attributed to Capricorn because Capricorn relates to knees. The knees. K-N-E-E-S. Not uh, the other knees. <coughs> Brother's daughter or sister's daughter. Is also knees. Hmm? The knees, Capricorn, in our body is represented by the knees. And Capricorn says, stay kneeled down. Stay kneeled down. That's the message. Kneel down, we say, isn't it? To kneel down and pray has been a very ancient tradition. To kneel down and pray. Apart from squatting and praying, squatting is, we use squatting not only for praying, but also for eating, isn't it? <laughs> kneel down is an attitude. It's an attitude. It is symbolically said in scriptures, if you are going for pilgrimage, go by the knees. Go by the knees. Vokalata Velamani if you go by the knees, somewhere on the way, you are bruised and you would no more make your pilgrimage, isn't it? The, it's, a, it's a statement by which you are given the message that be humble when you go for pilgrimage. Be humble. Go to pilgrimage by the knees. Live life by the knees. Live life by the knees. 
living life by genius may means living life humbly be humble it makes you humble mokalada kasiki vellarante ardham adi oka paatam unda ramadas paatha just a small deviation for the indians kaalundaga mokalato నడిచితే కాశీకి పోవచ్చునా అంటాడు పోవచ్చు ఒకళ్ళతో వెళ్ళటం అంటే వినయంగా వెళ్ళటం పిల్క్రిమేజ్ బై దీస్ ఫుల్ఫిల్స్ యూ పిల్క్రిమేజ్ బై లివింగ్ లైఫ్ బై దీస్ ఫుల్ఫిల్స్ యూ బికాస్ యాజ్ మచ్ యుర్ హంబుల్ యుర్ ఫుల్ఫిల్డ్ దట్ ఈస్ మెసేజ్ ఆఫ్ క్యాప్రికార్ that's what i say be grateful for what is given be grateful for what is given do not complain for not what is not given <laughs> if only one eye is visible other eye is not visible don't complain be grateful that one eye is functioning if you complain you may lose the other eye also <laughs> if the two eyes are gone you can still be grateful because you are able to hear isn't it so this is the quality that capricorn teaches that is the spiritual dimension of capricorn be humble that's what jesus the christ says the proud are humbled and the humble are honored in the kingdom of god the proud are humbled and the humble are honored in the kingdom of god in sanskrit we have vidya vinaya sampanna isn't it who is the wealthy one the one who has knowledge and also humility the one who has knowledge and humility is the wealthy one the one who doesn't have knowledge is not wealthy the the one who doesn't have humbleness is not wealthy the humble is accessible to the divine so humbleness is what is capricorn's spiritual dimension the mundane dimension of dimension of capricorn is the rigidity and the grip the rigidity and the grip it we are grip so prayer enables release of this grip prayer is relating to the divine in you the divine exists in you in your cerebrospinal column in all the seven centers you have access to the divine from muladhara to sahasrara in the in the cerebrospinal column there is the existence of the divinity which enables our functioning at the physical plane at the emotional plane or vital vital plane at the mental plane at the buddhic plane at the plane of bliss and at the plane of unity with the divinity all these 
centers enable us to function in all these planes of existence so to relate to the divinity at any point from head to muladhara there are traditions where contemplations are made in muladhara because muladhara is nothing but reflection of sahasrara and there are traditions where there is there is contemplation and connecting to the center in the ajna and in the throat in the heart and in solar plexus very rarely there is also relating to the sacral center when you are working with uh, the six faced kumara whatever it is the divine existence in the cerebrospinal column as the consciousness it is an account of its existence we are able to comprehend we are able to breathe we are able to perceive and we are able to function so within this body which is prepared by the divine the divine exists that's why we give the meditation we means the master he gave the meditation in his temple he lives in his temple he lives and we think we live we live in this temple and we think it is our temple our body it's not our body when it is our body it does not cooperate as much as you feel when it is his body as is interested to you that's where the stories speak of the chariot the charioteer and the driver of the chariot krishna is the driver of the chariot arjuna is the one who resides in the chariot and there is the chariot the chariot doesn't belong to arjuna it is given to him in the story of mahabharata we all know that the chariot was bestowed on him at the instance of krishna by the lord of fire the chariot was given to him the celestial bow was also given to arjuna so this the chariot means the body deho devalaya prakta jeevo deva sanatana so the same the chariot when you start feeling it is mine then you do not know how to relate to it is his entrust it to him then he makes the needed adjustments he conducts it well it is your body in which you allow me to live as understanding of the cs you have allowed me to live in this world this body belongs to you i also belong to you i belong to you because i am no other than you it is you who are reflected as i am that is reflected as i am and you prepared this form 
So in your form I live. And all the intelligences that are existing in the form also belong to the divine, not to us. We are allowed to use it. We are allowed to use it. When we are in this tapovana, we are allowed to use the facilities, isn't it? But it's not ours. No one can say it is mine, isn't it? No one can say it is mine. We are allowed to use, use it, we are allowed to live on the planet, we are allowed to live with this body. We are allowed certain intelligence. By relating to the Divine, all can grow in us. The intelligence can grow, the body can grow healthy, the ability to comprehend can grow, everything grows. The ability to digest can grow. Digesting wisdom, digesting food, it grows. The ability to relate to this body with appropriate knowledge grows. So for that, the C.S. said ultimately, the only master key for all your fulfillment is relating to the Divine in you. That is given the most importance, that is what is called prayer or meditation. And when it is in its intense form, it is called tapas. Tapas means it is very fiery aspiration to relate. Come what may, my work is to relate to the Divine in me, nothing else. I, I care nothing else. That's how the seers went on doing the tapas and have established an excellent link with the divinity. At will they can relate to the divinity and then they know the, know the will of the God, know the will and the, and the related knowledge and gain the ability to function, the shakti to act, kriya shakti. By a consistent and constant relation with the divinity which is in you, the beauty of the divinity is it is in you and also in all the surroundings. We, the we are in divinity and the divinity is in us. All around it is all divine, in an unseen form. In you, the divinity is there. So the one who is in you is also around you. He is also in others. He is also in others. So the best way to fulfill is to relate to the divinity within us to start with. Not to some divinity which is said to be set in scriptures as somewhere in the supra-cosmic realm. It's too far. If you think it is far, it is far. If you think it is near, it is near. That's how it is said about the divinity. If you look to Upanishads, if you propose me to be very distant, I am distant to you. If you propose me to be proximate to you, I am proximate to you. I am distant and proximate at the same time, according to your thought. 
Don't think that divinity is somewhere in, in, in Jerusalem or in Rome or in Varanasi or in Mecca or in some pilgrim places, sacred centers. There are sacred centers within you. So the divinity can be contacted within us. Relating to the divinity within us is the universal phenomena. The rest are traditions. The rest are traditions. We may go to Tirupati, we may go to Varanasi, we may go to Sri Salem, we may go to thousands of pilgrim centers. We may go to the top of a sacred mountain. The top of the sacred mountain is, is here on the top of your head. All that is in the universe is within the human form. That is the beauty of the human form. So relating to the divinity in us is what recommended by a true teacher of wisdom. He leads you to the master in you because he found the master in him. And he knows how blissful it is, how fulfilling it is, and how you, you tend to be full of contentment, joy and bliss. So he thinks that he should give it to the fellow beings who are looking for such state of being. Therefore he leads you to the divinity in you. You look to any scripture, it speaks of relating to the divinity either in the heart center, are in the head center. These are popular centers to relate. Relate to the divinity either in the heart center or in the head center. By such relating constantly, the, the grips that, that you have, that you suffer from, get released. <coughs> get released. You cannot release yourself from out of the grip that you have created. Your grip is stronger than you. Your grip is stronger than you. We have so many grips. We have grip about everything. We have grip about food. We like this particular food, not that kind of food. I must want, I must have this. Without this, I don't eat like this. Isn't it? These are all aspects of pride. I don't eat without ghee. It's a matter of pride, isn't it? A time will come, one day in life, that you, are, you don't find ghee anywhere. You have to eat. You are hungry. So where will it go then? How do you manage it? I don't move out without a shoe. It's a grip. I must have my cup of coffee as I get up. It's also a grip, isn't it? So there are so many grips. There are, there are physical grips, emotional grips, mental grips, buddhi grips, as I said. All these grips, we cannot regulate ourselves out of them. The only way to regulate out of all these grips and have the joy of the facility of the system is to 
to relate to the divine. That is what is explained by <coughs> an episode given in Bhagavata as an elephant unable to get rid of the grip of the crocodile, that is Capricorn, had to ultimately resort to the divinity. Had to ultimately resort to the divinity, align with him as he the elephant aligns with the divinity, and when the alignment is complete, the grip is released. On a daily basis, there are so many grips we suffer from, isn't it? And the whole game at the mundane level is one trying to grip the other, isn't it? The husband grips the wife, the wife grips the husband. Together they grip the children, and the children also in their own intelligent way grip the parents. It's a, a whole game of gripping each other. We grip our vocations, the vocations grip us. We grip the loved ones, and the, the, we are, our own attachment grips us more than the love that we experience. So any grip has the counter-effect of getting gripped by that which you grip. That's why there is a saying that when you grip, you are gripped. When you grip, concurrently you are gripped. So Capricorn gives the message of gripping and that's why the masters of wisdom have decided to give the teaching of release from the grip. That is how Capricorn gives fulfillment only when we are released of our grips. Released of our A person like see, most of the South Indians, just simple examples. We are rice eaters, isn't it? In a strange place when you are hungry, and if you are offered some item to eat which is not made of rice, your before rice is gone, isn't it? The hunger dominates and you take, okay, let me eat this. So nature always provides the contrary so that you don't have the grip. You don't have the grip. The master also does it. He doesn't want that we are we grip anything because in turn it grips us. A teacher of wisdom doesn't want us to grip anything. He doesn't want, please remember, he doesn't want us even to grip wisdom. He only says, if at all you have to grip, grip me, he says. Grip me, the I am in you. Grip me doesn't mean I, I go on hold, I hold on to his form. <laughs> no master ever says, meditate upon my form. He says, meditate upon the divinity in you that exists as light in your head. You can use me as a channel to relate to it because I can provide you the necessary support. You have to build a triangle with the master in you and the teacher you have and yourself. 
That's the triangle of for meditation. Any triangular activity manifests. That's why you have a teacher. Through the teacher you relate to the master in you. Through the teacher you relate to the master in you. Master means the universal consciousness. The omnipresent one who is also omniscient, meaning he is all-knowing and he is omnipotent. These are his three essential qualities. He is full of all power. He is full of knowledge. He is all-permeating. Omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. Such one, unfortunately, exists in you, in you also. And it's unfortunate we don't realize that. What is the, when we say the compassion of Lord, this is the best example of compassion, that in spite of us, He exists in us. In spite of us. See, do we exist anywhere where we are not recognized? Do we? If you come to my house and I don't care for you, you wait a day, you wait a second day, you wait a third day. When I don't care for you, you will leave, isn't it? But we, but here is one who is with us and in us and remains to be with us, even when we don't care for him for incarnations. For incarnations we don't recognize him. And to add to our ignorance, we have teachers who try to show God outside in some forms, isn't it? In some images, in some images, in some forms, in some, in something which is in objectivity. Something in objectivity, when you relate to all your energies, move towards that object. All your energies move towards that object and you are weakened and debilitated by such prayers when you see the Divine outside and then keep on looking, praying for Him. After the prayer you are weak. Why? Because the energies have flown out of you. But this, that divinity which is in the tree or in that image, or in that symbol, if you imagine it in you and relate to it in you, then the energies are self-circulating, they do not move out. And then since you relate to them in the higher aspect of your being, you are energized by your higher dimensions. That's why Master Jalakul gives a statement, energy follows thought. If you think of the distant ones, you leave your children somewhere and come here, you think of your children, always your energy flows out, isn't it? So therefore, there is a replenishment when we relate to the Divine which is within us, and that's the only way to relate to the Divine. 
only through you through the divine center in you you can relate to the divine that is surrounding you okay through this divine divine center in you you can relate to the divine that is pervading everything because all that which is permeating now as the omnipresent one is in you he is not disconnected with the the surroundings it's like we are i the, the the general example is let us think that each one of us is a tumbler like this we go and dip all our tumblers in a river in a river the river which is flowing is also in the tumbler isn't it the river is in the tumbler but there is this, but only because the tumbler is in the river isn't it the river is in the tumbler because the tumbler is in the river that is the ninth the key coming from the ninth chapter you did not speak of tumbler but i give you the example <laughs> he says i am in you because you are all in me you feel i am in you we all say i am i am i am i am in you because you are all in me in fact i am only existing you are not he says the river that flows is also into tumbler but the river doesn't feel i am in the tumbler river has no feel that I, that i am in the tumbler because it is in its flow there is the tumbler there can be a barrel also anything can be there in the river everything is in it everything is within the divine energy so therefore all things are in the energy the energy is in them but it need not necessarily feel all these different forms that is how in the ninth chapter krishna says he says i give you the best of the secrets it should completely dismantle all your grips he said all your grips get dismantled if you know this truth and specially to tell i tell you today specially it is a kingly secret he said raja vidya and it is a the raja gukhyam that is kingly secret and it is raja vidya kingly science raja vidya raja gukhya yogam kadavya the kingly secret and the kingly science which krishna tells arjuna he says this is a secret which i give you only because you are unmalleist unmalleist and you have the right orientation so then arjuna feels that he is being given something very special which others don't get so the krishna says in a low tone to arjuna you don't exist you don't exist i only exist as you you feel you are existing 
I let you feel so. You feel you are existing. I let you feel so. It's me who is existing in you. I have no other. I am always in the Pradhama Purusha, first person. I am always in the first person. I am, even in you, I am. I have no other. So this kind of, I come back to the topic. The topic is related to the divinity in you. It is because of that divinity you are awakened in the morning. We do not know how we are awakened. Even the Vedas could not describe how the awakening happens. And Capricorn in the year is related to awakening. Awakening. There is an occult meditation which we, which is in the book. Gods are born in Capricorn, gods are born on in the, at the dawn. Man is born in mid-noon, man is born in Aries. Gods are set in Cancer, gods are set in the sunset. Man is set in Libra. Isn't it? Man is born in Aries and is... The dawn of man is in Aries and is a... The sunset is in Libra. Gods are born in Capricorn and they are set in Cancer. <coughs> when we speak of dawn, we speak of Capricorn. And to each one of us, when we wake up, it is dawn. For each one of us, there is a general dawn to the locality. In this area, around this time, we have the darkness becoming light. Isn't it? For each one of us there is a different dawn. Relating to the source from which we have awakened is contemplation during the dawn hours. Some people get up even before the sun rises, isn't it? Even without alarm, some people awaken even before the sunrise. To them the dawn has already happened. Isn't it? What is dawn? Awareness that we exist is the dawn. From seeming nothingness to awareness we spring up. That is the dawn. As you awaken, from, from where have you awakened? From where? And who has awakened you? That is to be meditated. That is to be meditated. As you awaken, from where have you awakened? Before such awakening, what were you? Where were you? How were you? Meditate. That is called meditating at the dawn. Truly, esoterically speaking, that is how it is. 
Likewise, when you slip into sleep, when you slip into sleep, you keep on tossing from one side to the other side until the sleep comes, isn't it? But how does this sleep comes? And as it comes, you are gone, isn't it? What is what is that point where you are seemingly lost? <coughs> Your awareness is lost. That is contemplation upon the discover. <coughs> Contemplating upon the point of emergence of awareness in us. Contemplating upon the point of loss of that awareness into pure existence. We do exist even in sleep. From existence there is the spring up of awareness. From existence, into existence, the awareness that sprung and acted during the day once again merges into. That's how there is awakening and sleeping, awakening and sleeping. Creating two twilight hours, individual twilight hours. To contemplate upon them is the key to gain the true knowledge of from where have do we come and what for we have come and what are we to do here and when when are we to conclude and again get back into pure existence. From pure existence to awareness, from awareness to activity, and from activity once again we recede to awareness, and from awareness into pure existence. This, this triangular activity keeps on happening. So one is birth of consciousness, birth of gods, that's how Capricorn is said. Another is Sunset for gods, which is in Cancer. So each one of us have our own sunrise, our own dawn. That has to be contemplated. When we are contemplating, we contemplate upon that which enabled me to know that I am. Only after we wake up, we know that we are. In sleep we do not, we do exist but we do not know that we exist. This knowledge has come from where? From within. The knowledge of awakening. And and who is after the awakening, you know I am. So there is awakening even before you. And that process of awakening is what is, that awakening is called the mother. Existence is called the father. Relating to that process of awakening in you, that light in you, which awakens you. Purva sandhya pravartate. To each one of us, it is in the east that the awakening happens. The east is at the forehead. Then we wake up. As the awakening happens, you get up. In sleep you don't get up. 
For what have you got awake, got up? To do the ordained duty, kartavyam, daivamātmikam. Ordained by, ordained, ordained by the divine, you do your work for today. That's how it is, the sloka which we regularly reason, not knowing what it is. The beauty with the Indians is we have the most sublime utterances coming from the seers, but almost no one of us really know what exactly they mean. <coughs> and we take the pride that we have a lot of knowledge. Isn't it? And that pride is ignorance. Amidst the disciples of Gautama Buddha, there was one fellow who was not getting up early in the morning. All other bhikshus, they were getting up in the morning according to the timetable, just like we have a timetable. And every day he gets up an hour later, every day. And later he joins the group and conducts the work. He conducts the work he, as good as any other, but as good as any other he conducts the work. But he wakes up late. The ones who get up early would have, would, would have a grouse, you know. People who get up early have a, an axe to grind against those who sleep a little more. <laughs> Because you are already into the rut of the activity and the other fellow is happily sleeping. It's nothing but our jealousy that he is sleeping more than us. So therefore, there was one who was always getting up late. Every day they tell him, get up a bit early. He says, yes, yes, but he doesn't. He just doesn't. So he gets up late. But he does things with greater poise than others. So therefore it goes on for some time and one day they go to Buddha to complain. Why do you allow this man in the group who doesn't fall into the discipline that he gets up late? Krishna said, what is the discipline that he is not following? They say, he says, he is not waking up at the dawn hours and meditating. Then Buddha says, each one of us have our own dawn. He is also waking up at his dawn. At his dawn he is waking up. As he wakes up he does his meditation. He may not be doing at six o'clock, but he may be doing at seven o'clock. But he is also relating to the dawn. The dawn in us is more relevant than the dawn outside. If you get up at six o'clock in India, you go to Europe, it would be half past one in the night, isn't it? So natural dawn is what is spoken of by Gautama Buddha. Therefore, each dawn we have to relate to. Each dawn, he have to relate to the dawn is nothing but the awareness which is in you. 
the awareness in you. On what basis you say, I am? On what basis you are thinking? We are into varieties and varieties of thoughts, isn't it? And they are of different qualities, the thoughts. But for that thoughts to emerge, what is the basis? Contemplate upon the basis of all the thoughts that happen. That is what we say. Contemplating upon the light or Gayatri or Aditi. It is called Aditi, it is called Gayatri, it is called Saraswati because it keeps on flowing, the consciousness. It fulfills us, therefore it is Sriyam, Sriyamavahaya. It moves in metrical. During the morning hours it has one speed. Every three hours it has different speed. Up to nine it has one flow. From nine to twelve another flow. From twelve to three yet another flow. From three to six it is another flow. Like that there are eight different flows while the flow being constant. That's why the eight, the, the Gayatri means the meter of eight. The meter of eight. So therefore there is a different flow, a rhythmic flow of the consciousness. And even in during sleep hours there is the consciousness functioning in you. It continues the activity of life. The pulsating principle can, is also the activity of consciousness. It functions and conducts your heartbeat, conducts circulation of blood. It brings the bad blood into the heart, purifies and brings out the purified blood. It digests the food that you have taken during the day. It completely soothes you of of your, the strain of your activity, all that work is done in the night by consciousness. And in the morning it awakens you, it puts you to sleep, it awakens you. That consciousness is seen as God in creation. God in creation. It is supported by pure existence which is beyond. So that consciousness is running our life on a daily basis. So that is what we call the master. It is working in each one of us. I am, I am trying to slowly rub out, erase the various uh, thoughts we hold about master. Each one of us have our own, have our own funny thought about masters, about gurus. He is no different from that. Master, teacher, Guru Daivambani, Tiriye ke Tiriye, Mudhuda Nayatiri There is a song in Telugu which says, there was a, a, a disciple who thought that the teacher and the divine are different. Ultimately he realized that it is the divine only he came to him as teacher. It is the Divine only who, who came to him as teacher. My teacher is Divine is one understanding. Divine is my teacher is another understanding. 
Divine comes to you through the teacher and the teacher is but a form of the Divine. That's what we say, most of us don't understand when we say Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwaraha, Guru Satsha, Param Brahma, Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. Many people think my teacher is first Lagos, my teacher is second Lagos, my teacher is third Lagos. Verily my teacher is the Absolute. It's not like that. The true understanding is the Absolute, Parabrahman, and then the first lag was Maheshwara, the second lag was Vishnu, the third lag was Brahma, approach me through the form of this teacher. The Brahman and the Trinity approach through the form of the teacher. And the teacher is a representation of that. Pratinidhantated Ardham, Pratinidhi, Pratima, image. It's the image of the four. The Brahman and the Trinity together constitutes the teacher. The Brahman as the background and the Trinity as its projection constitutes the teacher. That's why we have this, this symbol for teacher or guru is a triangle with a central point with a circle around it. The circle is the omnipresent one, the, the background one, the, the parabrahman, the pure existence. It projects as a triangle and reaches you through the center, which is the teacher. That's how it is. So the master in us has to be related to, that's what I am saying. The master in us has to be related to. To relate to the master in you, all those who have, who are called the realized ones, like the masters of wisdom, the hierarchy, we can seek their support because they have already, already realized it. They can help you to relate to the Master in you. The true teacher is the one who leads you to the Master in you, to the Divine in you. If you are linked to the Divine in you, then it's over. Thereafter, the Divine in you leads you to the Divine everywhere. It's like the disciple who looks to the teacher, slowly lets the disciple relate the, to the master in oneself. <clears throat> That's how the work of the teacher is. He is a realized one, he knows the truth as it exists in him, as it exists in others, as it exists all over. So which is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient one, he is in me, this is how the teacher realizes. So he tries to support and give you the method of relating to you, to, to the master in you. When you relate to the master in you, then slowly the disorder in us will fall into order. Fall into order. From disorder to order, as I said yesterday, from darkness to light, from untruth to truth, from ignorance to knowledge, 
All that happens when we continuously relate to the divine energy. You don't have to chant anything. Sarātamanikanatu yoga kurtu undar mantan gada. Anta mental hai. Don't mistake me, mantra is mental. The very word mantra says mananāt, isn't it? Manana is relating to recollection, isn't it? It is of the mind. That's why when you are weak, you cannot do mantra. Upasana of a mantra, of a devata, mantra devata, is not so very recommended. You are trying to see him as different from you. But when you relate to the master in you, the divine in you, <coughs> you see, entire Bhagavad Gita, it only speaks of that. It doesn't speak of any other form of God. It is the, the I am in you. I am in you. You are in me. I am in you because you are in me, he says. Just like the water is in the tumbler because the tumbler is in the river. The wave is in the ocean because the ocean is in the wave, isn't it? The ocean is eternal, the wave is temporary, isn't it? Transient. Without the ocean there is no wave. But what is wave? It's ocean only. The wave cannot say, I hold the ocean. It is the ocean that tends to be a wave and again ocean. So wave is a, a temporary existence, ocean is a permanent existence. So the wave is in the ocean. Therefore, the ocean is in the wave. These are all Upanishadic statements, you know, they have to ponder upon. We are in God, God is in us. When we say God, it gives a different understanding. That's why the Upanishads, the pure wisdom speaks of that, that I am. That I am. That I am. That I am. Saha aham, saha aham, saha aham, soham, soham. It's already, the mechanism is established in us. We only have to relate to it. We should get into it, which is already happening. That I am, that I am, that I am. Father, son, father, son. So that I am is the means of relating to it. I am is like the wave, it goes, it giants again the ocean. There cannot, be, there cannot be a wave without ocean. There can be ocean without the wave. There can be ocean without the wave. But generally there are waves always of the ocean. So in, in the form of beings it is He that exists. Verily He exists. Verily, He exists as all of us. 
and we think we exist. He says, okay, you think so. Okay, I let you think so because you are my child. See, we keep the children sometimes on our shoulders to enable them to see better, isn't it? If the child feels that he is taller than his father, what does the father say? Okay, he enjoys the thought of the child. But the truth is, he is on the shoulders of the father. Like that, he, it is his existence we, we, we experience as our existence. Prayer enables this understanding and this linkage. That is called, this link is called bhakti. Stay linked. When you, when you stay linked, you are called a bhakta. When you stay linked, you are called a yogi. You are united with that. Yoga means union. Union with what? With the source of your being. When you are united with the source of your being, because it is that which exists as us, that kind of a alignment should happen in prayer. But normally we get so many thoughts and so many about life situations. All our life situations are, are they are mixed, they give you mixed feelings, you know. There are some good things, some pleasant things, some unpleasant things. And the beauty is in when you are in meditation, prayer or meditation, only unpleasant things come to us. So therefore relate to it that I am. To relate to it, it may take a little more time, therefore stay, stay, work with the process for a long time. There was CS who are, who are taking it as their main activity. That was their main activity. As I said yesterday, fifty percent in that activity, twenty-five percent in the buddhic activity, and the other twenty-five percent in mental, emotional, physical activity. We can approach, see that's where discipleship comes. For a disciple, the priority is a firm link established with the divinity in himself. By that I do not mean that you neglect all your duties during the day. That's where we say, see that in others, see that in your work, see that in others, see that everywhere it is there, so stay linked and work. That's also prayer. Prayer is, prayer is on as long as you have in your consciousness that all is that. Within you it is that, outside it is that. Prayer is discontinued the moment you see other things. Or when you do not see this and see other things. In, when you are in a prayerful mood, you see the divine and also the activity of the divine in different ways. When, that is prayer. When you, when you are, you, even if you are in prayer, if you are not related to that, you are not in prayer. 
even if you are not in the so called apparent prayer if you start relating to divan in all as you keep functioning it is prayer we don't have to sell to others that i am praying by sitting like this all the time there is a natural normal prayerful temperament natural normal prayerful attitude or temperament where even during the day you are in connection with it while you look to people when you listen to people when you do your work when others do their work when you see all this activity it is an account of that all this is happening when that is not forgotten in whichever state you are then it is called a naturalized state of a yogi until then he is a yoga sadhaka yoga practitioner likewise bhakta bhakti sadhaka devotional a practitioner of devotion once the devotion is done once the alignment happens then anything he does he never forgets it he only sees everything as its play its play that's why in this class today this morning the emphasis on prayer is given because this this link enables us to reorganize everything in us to reorganize everything around us what is relevant with us stands what is not relevant for us falls what is relevant with us stands what is not relevant falls so therefore we don't have to worry what is with us what is not with us mostly we try to grip, grip things which are not relevant to us and we do not really grip things which are relevant to us so therefore this linkage enables us to stand in firm connection and what is to be around shall be around what is not to be shall be eliminated that is what is called cut off by master sri undesirable associations are cut off not that we have cut off they can they, they cannot meet you either they don't wish to meet you or they cannot meet you they want to meet you but they cannot meet you they don't want to meet you still better likewise your movements are also regularized not restricted restriction is a bad word who said it someone said it certain words are uh, have different impact <clears throat> it's all regulated the movements are regulated you are not allowed to get into undesirable places even if you wish to you are not allowed to meet persons which are not necessary all our associations will change all our all our movements will change 
the field of your activity from being a forest tends to be a garden now. Forest means it's all wild. All around you it's wildlife. We don't know what springs from where. Isn't it? It, it, the forest is pruned to be a garden. That's how, that's, it's also said in Bhagavad Gita, Ittahara Viharasya. Even the food that you eat, it regulates itself. I don't want to eat this, I want to eat only this much, I don't, I should not eat more, all this. Mental luggage is gone. Whatever is needed would be taken. Otherwise, from instruction, the conscience in you tells it's enough. If something comes to you which would eventually upset your stomach, from within comes, no? It may be very tasty, but not now. It comes from within. So that you avoid a two-three day of stomach disturbance. That's a, that's a simple example. Like that, there are so many things in life which we, by virtue of our irregular energy, attract which trouble us more. Which trouble us more. Many things which we choose are troublesome. The choices are made from a different dimension now. He chooses for us. It is divine choice for you, which is different from your own choice. Many times what we choose tends to be a problem, isn't it? People are very careful in choosing their life partner. Right from the third day the problems start. In spite of best care exercised, still there are problems. Best place we choose, isn't it? What we choose never gives us. He chooses for us. He shows. That's how slowly it is organized from a higher dimension in you, because he is, you are no other than him and he is no other than I'll give you an example. With this I close today. I was to go to Chennai once to verify the credentials of a man who was to be given in marriage to a lady in Vishakhapatnam. The lady, I am a well-wisher of that family and I, I, I'll tell you it was in my twenty seventy-four. Uh, Twenty-eighth year, I was to go to Chennai to verify the credentials of a, a man and report back to my Elvishers so that they give their, their girl in marriage to him. They have heard many good things about the boy, so they believed in my intelligence. and. Uh, <coughs> Asked me to go and verify. Like, like, means you go and do some spy work, isn't it? <laughs> some spying. Eh? 
So how do you do that? I cannot believe just because I am born in the month of Scorpio, I can be the best spy. So I went to Master E.K. and touched his feet and said, I am given this task, please help me to see that I do the right thing. <laughs> then he smiled and said, if you wish to do the right thing, don't go, he said. <laughs> So that I can never forget it. If you wish to do the right thing, don't go to Chennai. It was a surprising answer, you know, most of the time we get like that. So I said, why, what is the reason? You will never know. You will never know. So I told Master, then I'll go back to the family and say, I'm sorry, I cannot do this work. Master said, why should you say so? He said, why should you say so that you cannot do it? Then I asked him, what should I tell them? Then the Master said, go on, tell them that he has already three wives. He has already, he has already married three ladies. And this will be the fourth one if they marry, if she marries him. And he has only one purpose in life, to marry one after the other and gradually, what you call, make a, <laughs> grab all their, the wealth of the lady. Three ladies are already fully shaven of their wealth. <laughs> they were divested of their wealth. He is very intelligent. He looks very soft. He looks very soft. He looks that he is the best of the gentlemen. He makes you believe that he is doing a job, but he does not. So I, I said, how can I say all this to this family? He said, tell him, tell them that I told you like this. You are so confident. So confident. I went and told the family that this is what my master says, so this is what it is. He said, please tell them it is what it is. Don't do it. Then, when I said like this, they did not agree. Said, what is this, Mr. Kumar? Without verifying. Without verifying, how can you judge a person like this? I said, as far as I am concerned, I know my master. I don't want to go. You know, then they sent a retired Navy official, a retired Navy official, he retired as a Commodore. Commodore is a high position in Navy. And he was also known to me that Commodore said, how do you believe all this superstition? They have asked me to go. I said, good luck, please go and do it. <laughs> He is my father's friend, actually. My master said like this, so I don't want to venture. But since you feel that you should verify, you can go and verify. He went, he verified. He stayed for a month in Chennai at his own expense, at his own expenses, luckily. Not at the expense of the family. <clears throat> Came back and gave a very good report. 
excellent certificate. Then the family said, see, this is how it is and you say like that. We would have missed a good alliance. I said, please go ahead. So the marriage has happened. <coughs> the marriage has happened and the man, the boy comes to Vishavapatnam, lives with the lady and says, uh, and goes on living with the lady, using the money here. And uh, slowly he sees things at home and certain very old antique things which are not functioning. He says, this can be repaired in Chennai, I will repair them. Like that he was lifting item after item. <laughs> after three years, after, no, after one and a half years, the family asked, when do you take the girl to your place? Once he said, I am changing my residence, I will take after I set the new residence. Another time he said, I am changing my job. Another time he said something else. Another time he said something else. Three years passed by, he is coming and enjoying here, spending money from here. And he also started borrowing money from time to time. Because they want, they would like some things to be bought in Chennai. He takes the money, but he never buys things. After three years, it started being very jittery. There were some tensions in the family. They want to know. So they once said, we are coming to Chennai to meet you in your house. We, we come, to the, come to Chennai and we meet you in your house. So then, he said, now I am staying in a hotel because I am changing my residence again. It all happened factual. Then which hotel they said? So they gave the number of the hotel. So they went by train, the, the elder sister and then the married lady. They went there, they inquired where in which is the hotel. He was not lifting the telephone. But since they know the hotel, they went to the hotel. They went to the hotel and they inquired at the reception the, the room in which he was staying. So they banged into the room, they crashed into the room and they saw one lady coming out of the room. They, they saw one lady coming out of the room as they crashed into the room. Then they, that lady said, so, the lady who came out of the room, she said, so you are the one in Vishakhapatnam, she said. <laughs> then they were surprised. They asked her, who are you? I am a, a bit senior to you, I am his second, third wife, I am his third wife. You are the fourth one. He has two more wives. One is a Muslim. I am left to meet the first one. He keeps on playing like this. I came here to give him left and right. If you are wise enough, just disconnect with this man. I have lost enough. Then the lady was shocked. They also lost a lot. So why I say this story to you? It's an factual story. Yukta Ahara Vihara he said that he, 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 he did not let me go there. 
it can happen even without the master being in the physical. That's why I wish to. That's what I wish to say. There are many situations into which we are not allowed to get in when we are firmly connected with Him. We are not allowed to get in. There are many persons whom we are not allowed to meet. It looks very. See, the world, everything is very glittery, but all that glitters is not gold, isn't it? All that glitters is not gold. So therefore, you are saved out of from uh, from your ignorance of getting into greater dangers. That's the beauty of relating to the master in you. Relating to the master in you enables you to. Dealing with undesirables and relate only with the desirables, so that you are the the path is pruned, so that you walk faster. There are no deviations. There is no deviation about another path, another guru, another system, isn't it? There is no more search. The search is within. The search is with him. The search is on, and that search shall have to be given greater importance. That is what is the importance we give in this path. That's why in this triangle of meditation, study, and service, we keep meditation at this topmost point, meaning that you don't always keep on closing your eyes. The attitude of relating to the one in all, either you are in activity or in your contemplation, that is how it has to be developed. When you do that, the grips fall. Otherwise, the grips don't fall. Our grips are so many. We are very unconscious of the grips that we have. We think we are wherever we think we are very right. It could be a grip. We may not be. So let us get rid of those graves by relating to the divinity. Then you are successful in Capricorn. And as much as you relate, as I said, you tend to be humble. And that humbleness enables the 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 sustenance of the contact with the divinity. The moment you are proud. The contact, the connection is snapped. So therefore, be humble and be relating to the one in you and around you. That is what we mean when we say, "May the light in me be the light before me." Let this input be taken. Not that it is not known, but the more and more we speak of it, the emphasis is gathered, and we try to reorganize, to stay connected. To stay connected in in contemplation, and to stay connected during the day, as we discharge our duties towards the fellow beings. Thank you, Namaskar.